as well as pastoring the new growth community um, new growth ministry community another aspect of my experience in lockdown has been supporting others in their ministry whether that's been as a spiritual director a supervisor a friend or just simply being part of groups where we've shared together what's going on for us and again and again i get the, the same message coming through as people share and that is take your time don't rush it's an awareness that there's there's something to see something new god is doing that we will miss if we simply react to the pressure the insecurity and the stress of this pandemic part of that slowing down includes recognizing that the added processing you know, having to constantly learn and adapt as well as the effect of anxiety what that's doing to us and then being compassionate towards ourselves just as god is by acknowledging that this will impair our ability to do things well for lots of us even that step of giving ourselves a break and lowering our expectations of what we can and should be doing is a huge step now as that awareness emerges for people there comes with it all these other voices external voices yes but especially internal ones you know those tapes that we all have in our heads and those voices that say you're not enough you're not doing enough people are or they will be disappointed in you they're going to find you out you've got to keep the show on the road everyone's depending on you but then this other voice take your time don't rush it keeps coming up and with that comes a call to the difficult work of, of resisting those other messages slowing down engaging with the situation experiencing it for what it is not trying to change it and make it better but facing the reality the lack of control and the limitations that it exposes within us because that takes us to a place of vulnerability away from self-sufficiency and into a deeper reliance on god rather than our own human wisdom and strength and from a place of vulnerability that's where god really gets to work on our compassion on our ability to stay with other people where, where they are in their vulnerability and not have to change them and make it all better because it makes us feel better but walk alongside them not rushing them so that they can open up to god in the deepest part of their lives we are going to need a whole load of compassion and patience and dependence on god if we are going to be a healing presence in our world as it is right now and as it's going to continue to be over the coming weeks and months and years and as i've been reflecting on the coronavirus situation and this message about not rushing it's taken me in the Bible to events running up to and surrounding Jesus's death and resurrection and how those around Jesus responded or reacting to what was going on. It's fascinating reading about the disciples during that week, their pure human reactions to what was going on and the, the growing anxiety that it aroused in them from complaining that oil used to anoint jesus's feet was a, a waste of money which could have gone to the poor to judas selling jesus out we guess perhaps because this this revolution he joined was not turning out the way he'd hoped 
to them arguing about which one of them was the greatest to Peter claiming his utter loyalty to Jesus even defending him with unnecessary violence and then a few hours later telling everyone he didn't even know who Jesus was to them falling asleep while Jesus played, prayed in anguish to all but one of them abandoning him when he was sentenced to death to most of them refusing to believe those who came to tell them that they'd seen Jesus alive it's a, a brilliant insight into human behavior and quite an adventure in missing the point i also think it's really encouraging to us that these are the people jesus chose and commissioned to share his message this is our starting point too we are people who are going to have all the same sorts of reactions and yet in that somewhere god can still reach into our lives and open our hearts and draw us to him. What I'm talking about today isn't some big moment where in our own strength we, we draw closer to God and we become great spiritual giants. It's about accepting we're human, we're limited, we carry around pain, we've been given unhelpful messages about who we are and who we should be. We have biological and psychological systems that are great at protecting us but which can go into overdrive in this stressful world. We are not gonna get this all sorted. But there is an invitation to notice that there's a, another way and to open our hearts up, to ask for the desire to follow that way, to open enough of a crack and give God just that little bit of room to shine into our lives and do his work. And that's where we move from the 12 disciples to another group of characters in the story. People who aren't doing anything particularly radical, just being present and following their instinct when it comes to Jesus. And that starts with Mary of Bethany, Martha's sister. You might well remember she's the one that Jesus commends for her attentive focus sitting at Jesus's feet to learn as a disciple when Martha is complaining that she's she's not helping to serve their guests and John he names her in his gospel and Matthew and Mark simply talk about a woman in Bethany who anoints Jesus's feet here's a story from John's gospel six days before the Passover Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. This is from John 12. Here a dinner was given in Jesus's honour. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about half a litre of pure nard, an expensive perfume, she poured it on Jesus's feet and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to, to betray him, objected. In Matthew and Mark's Gospels it talks about the disciples in general. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. 
Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Is there something in that still listening presence that Mary has brought into her relationship with Jesus that means she sees what the others don't see? Everyone else criticises Mary for what she does. Martha, early in the gospel, here it's Judas, in the other gospels it's the disciples in general, but Jesus commends her. When others complain about the waste of money, Jesus once again says, it's Mary who gets it. She is anointing Jesus for his burial. Mary was a really close friend of Jesus. It would have been painful for her to know her friend was going to die. Probably really disappointing. But she didn't try and run away from that or ignore it or deny it or want to change it. She trusted Jesus and walked with him in that painful moment. And then there are the other women who came up to Jerusalem with Jesus. We meet them following him, mourning and wailing as he takes that final walk to his death. Then we find them at the foot of the cross, some at a distance, some close enough for Jesus to talk to. And Mark adds this beautiful detail, looking back over how these women had followed Jesus and cared for his needs right back in Galilee. Through all of that time, as they'd been present with Jesus, focused on him, how much of his message would have saturated their hearts, and their minds and their souls? How much would they have felt a dignity and a value that they'd not experienced before, being treated as people in their own right who had something valuable to contribute? Their response at this point in the events is to be present, to not lose sight of Jesus, even though it meant facing the agony of what was going on. And in that, in what would have been Jesus's loneliest time they were there and then most famously some of those women go to honor Jesus in his death to anoint his dead body as a last act of love and compassion again full of grief and anguish they don't avoid the job they know they need to do but when they arrive their attentiveness to Jesus, their willingness to slow down, to be present with what's happening, is rewarded with becoming the first witnesses of the greatest moment in human history, Jesus's resurrection. Remember, as women, these are people who were not given great honour or power or much of a voice in their society, as is still the case in a lot of the world today. If the powers that be at the time, even in the church, had had complete control over the pages of scripture, these women would probably have been written out of history. But God didn't allow that to happen. Their story is about people on the margins who were way more tuned into God than those who were supposed to get it. And isn't there currently a huge movement going on in our world talking about how we have written people out of history and how we don't give 
honour or power or hear the voices of those who have been marginalised in our society. The story of these women speaks to me about how we respond in crisis, in grief, in anxious times, when everything we know has been thrown up in the air. Our instinct is to spring into action, to take control, to sort it out, to change it, or we want to hide, escape, numb ourselves to what's going on. But these women enter into the full experience of Jesus. They keep their eyes on him. They are present in his pain and they get to be the first ones to see this new thing that God is doing. It also speaks to me about how God repeatedly chooses the voice and perspective of the margins to speak his truth into the world. How tragic it is that we should still need to be reminded that anybody's life matters. That should be a given, but it's not. Of course, it's not just people's lives and breath and bodies that matter. It's their voices, wisdom, it's perspective, God-given inspiration that matters so much if we want to truly humble ourselves and get out of our destructive, reactionary human ways and see and engage with what that new thing is God is doing in our world. If it's God's way that he dignifies, lifts up, values, empowers and specifically chooses to speak through people who society has marginalised, then this is what his church should be modelling to the rest of the world. And what a powerful and significant time it would be to be doing that. Yes, it means letting go. Yes, it means facing our limitations and biases. Yes, it means being vulnerable. That is hard, slow, painful, deep work, which takes time and can't be rushed. But what if it was in places like that, where God is springing up his new thing and from which living water can flow to nourish his church and the communities that we're part of? We're going to pause for a moment. I'm grateful for Toby, who's prepared some music for us to sew us down, take some time to reflect on what God might want to say to each of us. This morning. So I invite you to rest into the music, the image and the questions which you can hold prayerfully before God. As much as you are able, still your body and your mind and rest in the Holy Spirit, God's compassionate presence. Reflect for a moment on the ways that you have experienced the stresses, insecurities and losses of these past months. Bring any unhelpful reactions, mistakes or regrets 
into his forgiving, restoring presence. Know that whatever your reactions have been, God's love for you has never changed and at no point has he ever stepped away from you. And from that place of recognising our limitations, ask God what you might be missing. Where is his new thing springing up for you to discover? What might you need to let go of to allow the voice of God and the voice of all his people to speak truth and wisdom into the church and into the world. Are you that voice who is now being empowered to speak in a way you've never been able to before? Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it?